0: Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Jazz with a bucket here in really good shape. Left corner, Trey Lyles, three. Got it! Holy smokes! Jazz by 10 with 1.9 to play in San Antonio. Wow! You are Locked On Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. It is Locked on Jazz, the 17th of November. Derek Favors. MRI reveals no big damage, but a bone contusion. He'll be out for a while. What's the impact on the Jazz lineups without Faves? We'll look at NBA wide lineups as well, and a preview of the Chicago Bulls for a late Thursday night edition. It's all coming up on today's edition of Locked On Jazz. Pow! How are you? I'm David Locke, radio voice of Utah Jazz. Good morning. It is our live Facebook edition of the show. We appreciate you tuning in, and uh, anyone who's tuning in, please submit a question. If you have one, we'll get to those in just a little bit. Uh, Hopefully, you're able to tune in and and grab it. Today's show, as always on Thursdays, is brought to you by our friends at Shamrock Auto Group. Sorry, I need to click on something on my computer. If you see me weaving back and forth with my body, it's because I need to check on something with my computer and my mic my, my camera's right in the way uh so appreciate shamrock auto group they always bring us the thursday live edition uh of the program also today brought to you by Jamalto. that's right your data protection service protectors your rim protectors of data your rudy go bears of data Jamalto. today on the show all right what we're we gonna do today uh i've pulled a bunch of numbers Faves looks like he might be out for a while. I don't think we really know, but I think it's fair to assume we're going to go a little ways without Faves. So let's take a l- little while. We'll look today at the impact of that on the group. We'll look at that two-man lineup data and see if we can learn anything about what post-combinations have worked in this little tiny bit of the season. Our data is pretty small here, but that's what we have. Uh, we'll preview the Chicago Bulls, and then we'll look league-wide. Crazy night last night. How about Memphis has beating the Clippers? Memphis. Memphis suddenly looks totally different. Uh, On the podcast network, that of the Locked On Podcast Network, there is the the scout came on to talk about uh, the league. I thought he was really good. Uh, You know, he's a mellow dude. I've had some people say he doesn't have enough energy. It's like that's not his job. Uh, His job is to give us information. He gives us great information. So check it out at Locked On NBA, the Scout. So that's available uh, for you. Then also, uh, there's just really good stuff all across the network. Uh, Talk Hoops, Zach Harper, was on with Locked on Lakers yesterday. That one's worth going to grab as well. All right, thanks to all those of you that are live. We start every single show with our pins across the world. That's where you email me and drop me a little line at dlock09 at com and tell me uh, who you are, where you're from, and uh, why you listen uh, to the show, so let's start with Alex, uh, and he says, "I open up with my pin across the world, and then ask you a question." Uh, my name is Alex Visbisky. You can put a pin in Cheek, Tawaga, New York City, which is a suburb of Buffalo. My one of my high school best friends is a weatherman there, Patrick Hammer. So send Patrick Hammer a note and tell him you listen to David Locke every day on Locked On Jazz if you're in Buffalo. So yeah, listen to Patrick. He's one of my, he was my high school catcher when I was a pitcher. How's that? Uh, I've been the jazz fan since I was born, nineteen ninety, because my uncle was a big jazz fan and it's stuck with me ever since. I've only been able to catch one NBA game in person. It was a Toronto a few years ago, a crazy two overtime game where Al made a three pointer send the game to overtime while Faves knocked down uh locked down Andrea Bargnani. I believe Bargs was O of nine. That's right, I remember that game. We actually met earlier in the day. I was walking and around Toronto in a jazz hoodie and a guy was jogging towards me, said go jazz, I said go jazz back. I turned around and once you jogged past me to get I had a second look at you uh, when you looked back, clicked that it, uh, it was you, which I only knew because of your Twitter picture. At that point, I was reading your Empty the Noggin after games and after found the podcast. The rest is history. The Daily Show's outstanding it's even inspired me to have a bi weekly fantasy hockey podcast for Rasball. The website, I have it. I joke with friends that I can't go to another game because I can't be topped, uh, but I'm planning on going to Toronto or Cleveland this season, and I'm due for another basketball game. Thank you for everything you've done for Jazz Nation. Uh, To business, I first want to commend you for building up the podcast network. I've been listening to Jazz, NBA Fantasy, NBA Bills, and NFL. Uh, I would simply like to get more information in case you want to span into the NHL. As of right now, I am not planning on doing that. I have enough. The, the tasks are big. Some good. We're doing well, but uh, the task already is big. So that's Alex Vibisky from Cheek, Tawaga, New York City. Thank you very much, Alex, for your pin across the world. All right, let's dig in. As I mentioned, today's show is brought to you by Shamrock Auto Group. Uh, They bring us the Thursday live editions of the program. Shamrock Auto Group, Rob Taylor, and the guys are out in Pleasant Grove at 203 North and 2000 West. And uh, Shamrock Auto Group wants to really separate themselves from – in two ways from the rest of the business. One is they want to just give you your place that you feel so comfortable that when you're looking to buy a car, uh you do it with them. And one of the ways they're gonna do that is even if they don't have the car on the lot that you're looking for, because the experience you're having with them is so great, that you stay with them and then they go find that car for you. That's that's a lot of the way they do it. They they really they do out the door pricing in five minutes. They let you go test drive by yourself. Uh you have your buying experience done in under an hour. They're gonna do Full servicing, new financing in house, extended warranties, totally valued car facts, and everything. There's just nothing there missing along the way. That's why if you go to Shamrock Auto Group online, you look at all their Google reports, they're just five stars across the board. So if you know anyone who's in the market to buy a car right now, or if you're looking to buy a car, go check out Shamrock Auto Group and Rob Thomas is uh, I'll give you his direct contact. I mean, that's kind of how they feel. It's like, let's just, I mean, Rob Taylor. I did it again. Uh, Rob Taylor and his, uh, give him, give me direct contact and let him just, you know, reach out and you can say hi to him. 801-319-2250. That's 801 319-2250. 35% 319-2250. 35% of their business is out of state. 50% of their business is from referral. And almost everyone is a multiple-time buyer. They've been in business for over nine years. It's Shamrock Auto Group. They're out in Pleasant Grove, Utah. Uh, check it out. And if you know someone who's in the industry, give them a buzz. Tell them, hey, you know what? These guys are locked on jazz sponsors. They get We get the show for free. Let's support these guys and see uh, whether or not you have as great an experience as everybody else does on Google or Yelp or wherever it is that you read all of the reviews. All right, let's get to our lineup data. Uh, Thanks to Shamrock Auto Group for supporting today's show, and we'll see if we get any questions that come in. All right, so what I've done is I've gone through our lineup data for five-man lineup, and we really, the sample sizes are so small that it's incredibly difficult uh, to get anything out of it. So I have a secondary plan here. But first, I decide to take a look at what our numbers are, and I just eliminated Derek. I just said, all right, let's assume, I have no idea if this is true, if Derek is going to be out for a little while, and so... Uh, first, I went, and you know what, who do you start? So uh, Boris Diaw started, and he's played three games with George, Rodney, Joe, and Rudy. Now that's no Gordon. Like, So we haven't even played Boris with Gordon in this lineup until probably something close to the other night, and then Rudy wasn't on the floor. So I don't have any minutes which have Rudy, George Hill, Rodney Hood, Gordon Hayward, Boris Diaw. I don't have any. That's kind of where we are. We only have a few minutes where you can put George and Gordon together. I was trying to look that up, uh, and I barely could find it because it's so deep into the weeds. I I believe George and Gordon have been on the floor uh, for, for something absurd like 16 minutes or something like that this year together. Oh, they played one game, they played 33 minutes together. They actually played 33 minutes of that game together. And the offensive rating was 123.2. League league average is about 103.7. So, 123.2 for the one time we've ever had the two of them on the floor together. Uh, So, we don't If you look at Boris, Rudy, George, Rodney, and Joe instead of Gordon, it's been really good. The offense was a 116. Defense was a 103. They're plus 13.5. You replace Boris with Trey Lyles, and it goes to minus 13.3 in 18 minutes. Pretty interesting there. You You take Joe Ingles and put him in. And Joe, slide Joe Johnson to the four, so there's no Gordon. They're plus 41. Small lineup with Rudy, no Derek. Joe and Rudy together have been very good. With Derek's not on the floor. Uh, then you slide. Uh, then we get into a lineup that has Shelvin Mack. Uh, you try to find the, the lineup that's that's been surprisingly survived is the Exum-Mack- Ingles, Lyles, Withy lineup has actually just been so good defensively it survived. And then you get to the lineup that I think becomes our closing lineup, which is George Hill, Gordon Hayward, Rodney Hood, Joe Johnson, and Rudy Gobert. The lineup that I think we were all very excited about, it's played a grand total of 10 minutes together. Uh, and it was brilliant. It was totally brilliant. Uh, in 10 minutes they outscored their opponents I think by close to uh I think it was close to about eight points, and we're just totally brilliant. So uh, the other one, and and then our sample sizes just get too small. Uh, But you also have a Dante, Gordon, Rodney, Trey Lyles, Rudy Gobert? Or you have Dante, Rodney, Gordon, Joe Johnson, Rudy Gobert, no George Hill. So... uh, I think that's, you know, there aren't any... The good news is there's nothing disastrous. Some of the sample sizes are really small. So let's move over to two-man groups, because I think that might be able to give us a little bit of a different uh, thing. So Rudy and Joe Johnson on the floor together have been brilliant, but I don't have this one uh, broken out into... Uh, I don't have this one broken out into without Derek Favors. I I did that recently, uh, and as I said, Joe Johnson at the four for us has been very good, largely uh, for the minutes in which... He spends uh, with Rudy. So we're looking for the lineups that are two bigs. Now, here's the sad one Derek and Rudy together have played 127 minutes and per 100 possessions were plus 14.8. I mean, so good. So good. And so, I mean, that's just the bummer right there. Rudy Gobert and Trey Lyles have been on the floor for 112 minutes. 108.4 offense, so really good. Defense, 102.5, okay. See, this is the question. Can we maintain elite defensive play uh, without Derek? I, I don't know. That, that's still good. It's plus six, but it's not elite defensive play. Trey Lyles and Derek Favors together have not been good. That, that lineup hasn't been able to score. Maybe the pick setting of uh, of Gordon. Favors and George Hill, by the way, have only played 93 minutes together all year. Just ridiculous. Just ridiculous. Um, Boris Diaw and Joe Johnson together has not worked. That's been about a minus three. Uh, again, only 74 minutes. These sample sizes, you know, you could have one good day and this all swings. Boris Diaw and Rudy Gobert, which is I think how we'll start tonight. Uh, has four games played, 57 minutes. The offense is good, 112.3. the defense is 106.5. not, not below average. Plus six, it's great. You're going to win a lot of games that way. Just and maybe that maybe we have to evolve here for a period of time until um, until Rudy gets or until Derek gets back. Trey Lyles, Jeff Withy together, a disaster. Minus 27.4 and can't score. Now, Trey's not hitting. So, obviously, when Trey's on the floor, there's a lot of not scores right now. But that's, that's I think that's an interesting, now, do you suddenly build, if you're, if you're uh, Quinn, do you suddenly build your lineup trying to avoid that combination? Do you try to avoid that combination? Uh, so, you know, go back through this. The first lineup we're talking about that's a possibility is the Trey Lyles-Rudy Gobert. It's plus six. It's a little better than that. It's about average defensively, pretty good offensively. The second lineup you're talking about is Rudy Gobert-Boris Diao. It's been good. Four games only, plus six. A little better offensively, not as good below average defensively. Your next one is is Boris Diao-Trey lyles which played at the end we saw at the end of the game the other night it's played 17 minutes together it can't rebound it's minus 35 per 100 possessions its defensive rebounding is 53.8 53.8 it's brutal overall rebounding percentage is 38.5 so that's a real problem as is the Trey Lyles Jeff withey lineup so what's, what the real impact that I'm finding here, or that I found earlier today when I did this, is that it's not necessarily our starting lineup. But again, it gets into the depth issues. Trey Lyles is going to have to really play well. And uh, Trey Lyles is going to have to rebound well. And, and we're going to have to find a lineup with Trey Lyles off the bench that works. There, there's an argument that it could be made here that you start Trey Lyles solely because he does not seem to be successful on the floor. We don't seem to be successful with him on the floor this year without Rudy. Now, you could go back and look at last year, and I I, I did that. I'm a little hesitant to uh, think to myself that it, you know, I can take a lot out of it because Trey Lyles – really, I was looking at Trey Lyles – because Trey Lyles is such a different player. But just last year, Trey Lyles and Rudy Gobert were negative. Negative 1. 1, 1. 1.5. So I don't – you know, and Trey Lyles and Trevor Booker really didn't work. My memory uh, was right on that. That's that's a lineup that uh, gave us problems. Similar similar problems. I mean, just couldn't score offensively if, and couldn't—I'll uh, try to see if I can find the number for you. Uh, couldn't couldn't score offensively, and had a hard time rebounding. You know, so a similar circumstance uh, to where there, Trevor Booker and Jeff Withey was pretty good last year. Uh, that you had you actually had some rim protection, and you were able to Trevor Booker, Trey Lyles last year defensive rating was one twelve point nine. And only got 48% of the rebounds. Was a minus 14. So I think there's going to be a real kind of stretch here. Second year, year 21-year-old Trey Lyles. How do we find a way for him to have successful minutes on the floor when he's not with one of the guys? Uh, Or with, at this point, we only have one guy. Uh, And so that's Rudy. And I think that's going to be a huge part of it. By the way, Jazz tickets for tonight are available. They're playing the Bulls. It's an 8.30 start, if you don't know that. We then come home to play Denver on Wednesday before Thanksgiving and Atlanta right after. There's great holiday packages available. So there's a ton of packages available for Jazz fans right now. They have the holiday packs, which are all the tickets afterwards if you're going to give them stocking stuffers. And you get fans gift cards and you get uh, movie passes. They're great values. Go check those out. Then there's also ticket packages to buy right now if you're planning to go to games. So Check them all out at utahjazz.com. Uh, I mentioned today's show is also uh, brought to you by Jamalto and our friend Dan Spence, the regional sales manager locally uh, from Jamalto. So the data world, we all know that data is the new gold, so therefore everyone's shooting after the gold. And... Everyone has spent huge amounts of money to try to protect the outside perimeter of their company's data so that people can't break through and breach the perimeter to get in. Guess what? There's a breach. Every 41 seconds, the number of compromised record in total breaches is five hundred and fifty four million this year and thirty one percent from last up from last year. And so here's what's happening. People are spending a tremendous amount of money and they're doing it wrong. And Dan Spence is here with Jamalto for your company to do it right. And the way you do it right is you protect for the breach. You know the breach is coming. So then you set up the protection inside the house. You encrypt your important data. You then store and manage those keys that get to that data in ways that are secure. And then you control the access to that data. So somebody can breach your perimeter, but they don't get anything that matters, right? It's the equivalent was be that the robber gets stuck in your Garage, I guess, and you happen to not have any. You're not like me, you don't have that's a bad analogy because I have all my skis and all my bikes. And uh, okay, they're not more important than my family, but you know what I'm saying. All right, so bad analogy. But what you really want to do is protect your data at rest, protect your IP, protect your reputation, protect all those elements, uh, and make sure that you have two-layer encryption and all of the inside elements to things. Don't waste your money protecting on the wrong aspect of this data world that everyone's worrying about. Gemalto will help you out without protecting your critical data. Dan Spence is your answer. 801-540-3024. That's 801-540-3024. Or dan.spence at gemalto, com. All right, let's take a look around the league. Uh, again, early sample size. Last night was nuts. Did everybody catch last night? Philadelphia beats Washington 109-102. Uh, you know, I'll give a quick thought on a few of the games last night. Uh, I, I watched a little bit of this because I just mesmerized. I really like Scotty Brooks. Um, I've gotten to know him well. Uh, his, the signature of his team forever has been that they play hard, and they're not playing hard. Their bench is awful. Trey Burke played five minutes, was one of five and minus nine. Trey Burke has just been just, just a... Having a, a tough year, um, his sh- his shooting numbers all look good. Like you look at, you are like, oh, Trey's busted out. He's shooting forty seven percent and fifty percent from three. And then you kind of look game by game; they're just playing him, you know, less and less. He he had that good game against Cleveland, a great game against Boston. You are all fired up for him, and then they so clearly they're not seeing what they want. Uh, but Washington's really in trouble. They're two and eight. They're zero and five on the road. They just lost to Philadelphia. Now, that's that's a real stunner to me, uh, and I you can start to put the coffin on them. Orlando beats the Pelicans. Orlando looked awful against us, and Orlando's been awful, but you know what? They're 5-7, and seven, and if they can just beat the bad teams, they could make the playoffs. I, I think this eighth team in the East is going to be about 38 wins. Uh, Pacers beat the Cavaliers, but no LeBron. Celtics beat the Mavericks. I think you can put the Dirk, as the scout said yesterday, you can put the uh, – you can put – Uh, Dirk off to his rocking chair, uh, and the Mavericks away. Uh, Knicks beat the Pistons, which is surprising. The Pistons, by the way, statistically are lining up right now that when Reggie Jackson gets back, they're going to be really, really good because Ish Smith is awful. And, then, and they're still 6-6. Six and six. Hawks beat the Bucs. The Hawks might just be really good. Uh, the Greek freak is unreal, and the talk around the league about him is is out of this world. 26-15-7 last night. Big win by the Thunder, if you didn't see Russell's dunk last night. Uh, incredible. They're really getting something out of Oladipo right now. Uh, Oladipo's not doing, is shooting 41% from three, which has really changed to his, but they're getting 16 points and four rebounds and two assists out of Oladipo. And, and... I don't know if they're getting someone who can relieve the burden on Russ is what they really need. Uh, Nuggets blew out the Suns. Grizzlies win in L.A. against the Clippers. That is just an awesome win by the Grizzlies. What a two-game stretch for them. Dave Fisdale's maybe putting this together. They were incredible from three last night, 15 to 26. Uh, Make or miss league a little bit, the Clippers. Uh, J.J. Redick was great, but they didn't. uh, Chris Paul was not. Mike Conley kicked the crap out of Chris Paul last night. I mean, Mike Conley killed him. That's worth keeping an eye on. The other one, Memphis really might have something with Zach Randolph coming off the bench as an impact player. All right, now let's go to the lineup data. So what we're looking at here is five-man lineups that have played a lot. There's, There's kind of two things that I really like to see Early on in the year. And so here they are. One is, if your starters are really, really good, you're going to be all right. Like, that's a big thing to look at early. The The opposite is really what I look at, which is, is there anyone out there who's rolling out a five-man lineup that's just not good? And then what does that mean? And kind of to keep an eye on it. And then you kind of dig down a little bit. We're, I'm doing anybody who's played 40 minutes, so you it's it gets to, you know, it's probably about 40 laps, and then you kind of want to work around and see is there anyone out there that has a bench unit that's really strong, or they might have an answer. So we'll we'll kind of walk through this. So the Laker, the Clippers starting lineup is plus 29 per 100 possessions. What's interesting then is five of the next six most used lineups are all negative. So are these teams without benches that don't have an answer? Are these teams that are poorly constructed? What are they? They're Indiana's starting five is minus two. It's a bad sign. They can't score. So that that whole team, that Jeff Teague, Monte Ellis, Paul George, Miles Turner, Thaddeus, Young Group, can't score. They're the Pistons' starting lineup, which is minus six. Okay, that's Ish Smith for Reggie Jackson. But interestingly, it also can't defend... It's at 112 per 100 possessions. And to me, part of the story is that Andre Drummond is just not very good defensively. The OKC starters are minus one. The Knicks starters are minus one. Then you get to the Lakers starting lineup, which is plus three, point five. There's just a real legitimacy to what's going on in LA. Then we move to the former Magic starting lineup that was minus seven. So wait a second. Has Frank Vogel found the flaw and gotten rid of it? Possible. Tonight starting lineup, the Boston, uh, the Chicago Bulls, if John Rondo plays, is plus one. I thought this was really surprising. The Kings starting lineup is plus five. Cavaliers is plus not six. The Rockets, this is why they're probably not... Uh, too, shouldn't worry about them too much. The Rockets' starting lineup is plus 19.4. The problem is they don't close with that lineup because Clint Capella is too bad a free throw shooter, so they bring in Nene, and it doesn't seem to work. And then the Charlotte Hornets, who I do think are completely legitimate, are plus 14.4. So really, the the number one... Lineup in the game right now is the Clippers. The number two is the Rockets. The number three is the bench unit of the L.A. Lakers. Clarkson, Lou Williams, Brandon Ingram, Larry Nance Jr., and Tariq Black is plus 19. Number four is the bench unit of the Clippers. Number five is the starting unit of the Hornets. Then the starting unit of the... uh, Portland Trailblazers, and Al Fruk is hurt. They're going on that long road trip, and then interestingly, the starting lineup of the Milwaukee Bucks—no one can score on that lineup. So that's kind of worth, you know. I've, I've, I always find that to be a little bit interesting exercise. You get into some lower numbers now. You get under fifty minutes. It's hard to tell. You got the death unit for the Warriors is plus twenty-seven. A bench unit for the. Pistons is plus 21. Uh, a Dallas unit is plus 22. But these are such small sample sizes. Uh, you're not, I'm not sure you know what to do with these. I, I get very reluctant. There's another Warrior lineup in there. Um, and then there's actually um, the starting lineup for Memphis – has only played 41 minutes together. They're plus 45 per 100 possessions. So, Oh, no, actually, take it back. That has Vince Carter in it coming off the bench. That's probably why Vince Carter. Now, of this group, the worst lineups are the starting lineups for the Suns, the starting lineup for the Minnesota Timberwolves with Ricky Rubio, and the starting lineup for the Atlanta Hawks. Now, this is incredible. The Hawks are 10-10 per 111 minutes on the floor with their starting five, and they can't lose. How do they? How is that? I don't know. I thought that was pretty interesting. All right, let's go to the Facebook Live questions before I go get my daughter for school. Uh, what's up with Rudy's foul trouble? How to fix it? Well, you know what? You know how you fix it? I, I, I really think this. I don't think Quinn's going to ever come out and say this. I don't think if we'll ever know this. I think the way you fix it is you bench him at the end of the game the other night and tell him, you know what, you're not just automatically going back into games. Get your foul trouble under control. Play the game right. Stop making silly fouls at 26 feet away from the basket, or you're just not going to play. I mean, I really think that Quinn sacrificed a game. They weren't terrible, and you don't necessarily know that it would have changed, but it certainly couldn't rebound. But I think there's a chance that Quinn sacrificed a game for the long term of the season. Uh, And I, I think that's... Uh, If it works, I think that's fine. But I think that's, you know, yeah, he's had 5,000 in the last two games. He had five or more in four of the last six games. Rudy's got to get that under control. Uh, Dane Johnson, do you think Gordon's three-point troubles are real or just a sample size anomaly? You know, he's done this before. Uh, Last January, I was looking back at my notes. He had an incredible game against Chicago. I think the month of January he was averaging – twenty three points a game and he was shooting twenty five percent from three um, his he 's not a pure shooter um, you know he 's never been a forty percent three point shooter i think sometimes because frankly because he 's white everyone decides he is um, his he 's a career thirty five point seven percent three point shooter over the last three you know he's had one year was over forty. that has not happened in the last four. If you take his numbers over the last four years he 's kind of a thirty four thirty five percent three point shooter so I think it 's a little bit of a hand I think it 's a little bit of probably being a little out of shape, not in pure basketball shape I think it 's a little bit of just being everything 's off a little bit because of of the injury and and then i and i 'm not particularly worried about it, and as i said we've he 's done stretches like this before where, and the nice thing he has is because he goes to the free throw line so much he 's not this is what we talk about with Rodney. These shooting slumps are going to happen, and so you need to be able to go to line enough so that your your game is not completely predicated on that being successful. Uh, Jason, you're welcome. Andy, did favors come back too early where they'll be extra cautious bringing him back to same. I'm sure they'll be extra cautious, but I don't think you can say he came back too early if you kind of look at what he did. I mean, the only thing you could probably say in retrospect, and I have no idea, but i mean, just... Like, we're totally making stuff up, and, and really, I'm so tired of... Us being, uh, without any medical information, we're going to make doctor's decisions, and without any information of how the players feel, we're going to complain that they're soft. I mean, it's just total crap. Uh, and the last one just pisses me off endlessly. Uh, really, truly. And so the only thing I would say is he was really good on that trip. You know, we got to go back and look. He was 16 and 10 every night, and you began, if you watch the game in Orlando and the game against Charlotte, he began to have his bounce back. And so you could see... I think who he was. And then when he comes out from Miami on the back end of the back to back, he's he's sore and then he play gets a day off of but it's a travel day and then and then we play the next day and he doesn't feel good. So, you know, maybe I guess in retrospect you could have pulled him in Miami, but he played 6 minutes. Like he didn't really do a lot. So it's not the same. I don't I don't really have an answer. I don't think he came back too early because he played great for four games and he was looking better and better, and then, it, and then it kind of just came back. So I just think he's got some biomechanical issues right now that his body's not working correctly, and they're going to have to let him try to get as healthy as he possibly can to figure out how how his body works. And I do think it's going to take some time. And I, I don't know if it's being cautious moreover that it's just being that he hasn't been right in a long time, and you've got to try to get him right so that he can figure out who he is as a player. Now, the interesting thing about this is there was going to be this whole issue all year long about minutes played with our bigs and how you kept them all happy, and it might just be that Favors plays 24 minutes a night, and we keep him healthy that way, and then you don't have some of these Um, same issues. By the way, last February, Gordon averaged 21 points a game while shooting 29.7 from three, and in January he averaged 22 points a game while shooting 33% from three. So this is not unheard of uh, for Gordon. Actually, Gordon has always been a little bit of a slow starter who then gets better as the season goes on. That is our Thursday live edition of Locked on Jazz brought to you by Shamrock Auto Group. Go and give Rob Taylor and the guys a call. 801-361-9796. That's 801-361-9796. And by Jamalto, Dan Spence, the regional manager Jamalto. 801-540-3024. That's 801- as I pick 5 4, 0, 30. 24. Jazz tickets are available for you. Go get them. Look forward to seeing you late tonight at the arena. If you want to advertise on Locked on Jazz, give me an email at DLock09 at gmail.com. We have our audience's men. 97% men, about 72% between 18 and 44, and then 72% between 25 and 54. If that's your demographic, we reach them. Our listeners are loyal and connect, so feel free to email me at DLock09 at gmail.com. We are sold out for a few weeks, so we'd be looking a few weeks down the This has been Locked On Jazz, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.